0: House arrest. The Democratic side of the Texas legislature escapes to D.C. while Republicans plot revenge. It seems no one is trying to make friends, so what will happen next? I have no idea. But take heart, Professor Randall Urban joins us. I'm Lawrence Clutty, and this is Legal Talk Today. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. We've got an unusual episode today, which I'm sure you heard all about in the news. But before we get into it, we need to thank our sponsor, NOTA. Nota is powered by MT Bank, because you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of NOTA, a no cost I management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Visit trustnota.com forward slash legal to learn more. And remember, that's NOTA spelled N-O-T-A terms and conditions may apply okay let's say hello to our guest professor randall urban from the university of texas school of law welcome to the show sir Thank you for having me, Lawrence. Well, absolutely, Professor. It's it's a real pleasure to have you here. Now, I I saw in your bio that you're an adjunct professor, but you've got quite a resume in public service here. And so I saw that you were a legislative director for Governor Abbott. You've also been assistant secretary of state, but you got a lot on there. So I was wondering, just uh, as we open our show here, can you give us a quick flyby of your career and tell us what you're up to these days?
1: Yes, I've been uh, graduated from the University of Texas Law School in 1981, was in private practice for a while and then ended up in uh, public service and have been in and out of uh, government and around it as a lobbyist and a lawyer for the past 35 years.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, well the origin of our of our topic today started on July twelfth, and so this is when the uh, Democratic Party members of the the House of Representatives in Texas left for uh, Washington D.C. with the idea of breaking quorum, and the reason they did that was because they wanted to stop one of these bills that they in particular did not like, and so as I understand, there was like ten bills out there that they were against, but the one that got traction in the news where these uh, new voter laws. And so uh, just for reference point there, Professor, this was the one where the Republicans, the majority party, were trying to ban drive-through voting and 24-hour voting. They wanted to add an an ID requirement, a driver's license, or at the very least, you know, four digits of your social security number for mail-in ballots. And then also there was some add-on there where you wanted to add a little bit more mobility for the poll watchers during the election cycle. And so obviously the Democrat Party side of the aisle was uh, not for that and decided they would try this tactic. And so, as I understand, this is going to be sort of an ongoing saga. So my opening question to you, Professor, how long are the Democratic Party members out there going to be in D.C.?
1: Well, my guess is that they will stay for the duration of the special legislative session called by Governor Abbott. The special session is constitutionally limited to 30 days. So if they come back after the 30 days expires, they wouldn't be subject to the quorum call. However, the Texas governor can call unlimited special legislative sessions And Governor Abbott has indicated that he will continue to call them until the election legislation is passed. So if history is any guide, the Democrats will return to the legislature for any subsequent special session, as they did in 2003 when they left Texas to protest some redistricting legislation.
0: Now I've got a quick COVID question for you. Now, this became part of the storyline there. And like unfortunately, some Democratic Party members on their way to D.C. at some point ended up uh, contracting COVID-19. And so obviously, you know, everybody wishes them well. But, you know, if uh, there were some medical-related expenses... Arguably speaking, you know, uh, the Democratic Party members are in the scope of their duties. This is one way that they're utilizing parliamentary procedures to slow down a vote that they're against. And while they're out there, they're also, um, you know, building up some messaging for some perhaps federal voter law regulations and things like that. So I guess my question to you there, obviously, you know, we, we want everybody to be safe and healthy. But if there are some medical expenses, who picks that up? Is that going to be Texas or is that going to be the representative themselves?
1: Well, they're still covered by state health insurance, regardless of whether they're on the job or not. So there wouldn't wouldn't be any out-of-pocket expenses.
0: All right. Well, let's jump back into the quorum requirement here. And so uh, if you could just, uh, because you have so much experience with this, tell us what quorum is and why do legislative bodies have it built in?
1: Well, right. The quorum requirement is essentially a minimum number of legislators to be present so they can do business. And it's there to ensure that a sufficient number of legislators are present so you have you know, uh, deliberations and you can pass and uh, defeat legislation. The U.S. Congress in over 40 states set the quorum at a majority of all members. Only Texas and a few other states set the quorum at two-thirds. And some scholars believe that the two-thirds requirement in Texas reflects a general distrust of the legislature, stemming all the way back to its days as a republic. And they say that the larger quorum requirement prevents legislation from from being passed quickly by minorities with little deliberation. It's essentially a a protective requirement.
0: Now, what does that mean? So if if you don't get your quorum, are you just at a a legislative standstill until, uh, say, in this case, the minority party returns?
1: Right. Without a quorum, the House may not conduct any business except that necessary to secure a quorum. Now The Senate can and has continued to do business and has passed many of the bills on the governor's special session legislative agenda. It hasn't been affected by the absence of a quorum in the House. But the issue is that the House can't take any action on them until there's a quorum secured.
0: Now, it's in a uh, politician's nature to disagree all the time. They're a lot like lawyers in that way. That's probably why there's a lot of crossover in the professions. But, you know, why doesn't this happen more often? If you can cool down a legislative session, you know, why doesn't this happen all the time?
1: Well, both sides have kind of turned this election legislation into the holy grail. The Republicans consider it an absolutely necessary measure to enact, and the Democrats are similarly determined to kill it. And this has evolved from a disagreement to an argument about the core of the state's principles.
0: So this is becoming like the Hatfield McCoys, right? It's it, it, it looks like it. Has everybody talked about, you know, changing this House rule, you know, instead of going more towards like a simple majority as opposed to one of these, uh, is, is that considered a super majority?
1: Well, it's it's two-thirds. Is a, it's, a, it's more the super majority. It's, it's a two-thirds requirement, and it's in the Texas Constitution. So there'd have to be a constitutional amendment to change it. And it's been in the Constitution since its original iteration in 1836 to the present day. Okay. And so I don't think that uh, we're going to change the two-thirds uh, quorum requirement anytime soon.
0: Well, you know, this is built into, uh, as, you just, as you just taught all of us, it's built into the Texas Constitution, and obviously they need to get quorum to continue business. And, you know, the voters out there do want their legislative bodies to uh, get something done while they're uh, representing them. And so what, what are the penalties here when you break quorum? Well, there are no criminal penalties for doing so. And the only sanction is
1: that they are subject to arrest under the House rules. And let's put that into context. The U.S. Constitution provides that Congress may, quote, compel the attendance of absent members in such manner and under such penalties as each House may provide, close quote. And many states, constitutions have similar provisions, including Texas, from its original Constitution in 1836 to the present day, The Texas House rule in question derives its authority from that constitutional provision, as does a similar Senate rule. And the purpose of that rule is to secure a quorum, nothing more and nothing less. And it authorizes that all absentees may be sent for and arrested. The term arrested is in the House rule. But let's make sure we get back to the context. It's just to secure a quorum. So this is not an arrest in the sense that you robbed a bank and the offender is handcuffed and taken to jail because they're deemed to be a, a danger to the general public. The arrest is merely for the purpose of returning the absent member to the House chamber to constitute a quorum, and that's it.
0: Now, do they have any other tools? Can they seize property? Can they dock pay? Are there any other options there?
1: Well, the House has authorized warrants for the, quote-unquote, arrest of the absent members. As we discussed before, and essentially, the House rule provides that the House Sergeant at Arms, or an officer appointed by the Sergeant at Arms, is authorized to secure and retain their attendance. But they can't seize property or file any criminal charges, or even really any civil liability charges. None would accrue from uh, from this. It's it's essentially a violation of a House rule.
0: Okay. Okay. No, we've all heard the expression, one riot, one ranger. And so, you know, what stops Governor Abbott or the Republican majority from sending the, say, the Texas Rangers up to uh, Washington, D.C. to bring their, uh, the rest of their house back?
1: Well, the authority of the Sergeant at Arms or any officer appointed by the Sergeant at Arms extends only to the corporate boundaries of the state of Texas and not beyond. That's why the absent members in 2021 and the ones in 2003 before them left the state. I remember in 2003, there was inquiries made to uh, Oklahoma and New Mexico peace officers for extradition, and they just said, well, we're not going to do that. So they don't have any authority beyond uh, the Texas boundaries.
0: You addressed this earlier, but, uh, you know, Governor Abbott, as, I, as I've read and seen in interviews, is looking to extend the special session. Now, how long does that game go on for?
1: Well, he can't extend a special session, but he can call as many special sessions as he wants on as many and whatever topics he deems necessary. Each special session is limited to 30 days, but he's not. there's no limit on how many he can call.
0: All right, well, last question for you there, Professor. Uh, if you're in the predictions game here, how do you think this gets all sorted out? Is the Texas legislature uh, in gridlock until the next election, or will eventually the representatives come home and uh, complete their work?
1: Well, in the end, I believe the Democrats are trying to make political points, which they, they, they have been. But I believe they're postponing the inevitable. And if history is any guide, such as the 2003 redistricting debate, the Democrats will return to the, to the state, come back to the Capitol, and uh, the election bill would be debated and voted upon.
0: Well, Professor, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lawrence. I appreciate it and thank you listeners for tuning in if you like today's episode and have not done so already please subscribe to our show in your favorite podcasting app we're in Apple we're on Spotify we're at Google Stitcher basically we're in all the apps and it's 100% free and speaking of the reason it's free one more thank you to our sponsor Nota. you can find them at TrustNoda.com forward slash legal and remember that's Nota spelled N-O-T-A and last but never ever least thank you to our production team producer Molly McDonough and our LTN audio crew for their continued hard work this has been legal talk today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody.